Hi and welcome to the latest episode of the SFA Oxford podcast where we're going to be discussing the cobalt market. Uh, with the increasing prevalence of electric vehicles, cobalt has become a key component of the energy transition. However, the rise of alternative battery technologies creates potential challenges to the cobalt market, which is why I'm joined by Dr. Ralph Grimble, who is Operations Director here at SFA, Kimberly Barman, who is uh, Senior Consultant and General Battery Metals Expert, as well as Alakshya Gupta, who is a Senior Market Analyst for Battery Metals, Lithium, Cobalt and Nickel, as well as SFA's ESG Lead, Adele Rulo. Kimberly, my question to you is this, why is cobalt a key component of the energy transition? So for one, the commercialization of new technologies takes time. And for EV batteries, automakers have extensive quality control measures that must be met before even small changes are adopted to the production process. Even though there are many new cathode technologies that don't include cobalt in development, it is one of the elements of choice to stabilize nickel in the system. Nickel is very volatile on its own and needs components like cobalt, manganese, and aluminum to keep it in check. And cobalt is also needed for the production process of these new high nickel cathodes that are in development. Uh, so then moving on to you, Lakshir, there's been a rise in alternative battery technologies. What are they and why have they come about? The main trends that we've seen are the introduction of um, lithium ion phosphate cathodes in China. Now, this isn't a new cathode. It's been around for over a decade but really the, the, the breakthrough came in um, 2020 when, when the likes of CATL and BYD introduced their cell-to-pack technologies. And what that did was that allowed them to package more cells in the same space. And what that meant was that the nickel chemistries of the past that had the advantage of, of higher energy density, that advantage got eroded. And because these, these lithium-ion phosphate packs, they can contain no nickel and cobalt, they were inherently cheaper. There has been also this drive to increase the ratio of nickel on on nickel-based cathodes. These require manganese, cobalt, or aluminum to provide a suitable cycle life in the automotive sector applications. And there's been this trend of increasing nickel content at the expense of manganese and cobalt. And primarily that's been to increase energy density as more nickel provides higher energy. so, So it alleviates consumers' concerns about range anxiety. But also reducing the amount of cobalt does lower the cost. And that was another barrier to, to EV adoption has been EV cost. So this research trend of increasing nickel content at, at the expense of cobalt has been driven by the need to address the barriers for, for EV adoption. More recently, we have heard about advances into semi-solid and solid state batteries. Now, these are these are disruptive processes to the existing Uh, battery manufacturing process but fundamentally they do not change the formulation of the cathode so the cobalt content will not change what will change is the number of cells in the evs but they will still contain some amount of cobalt and what we see is as automotive cobalt demand increasing at a rate of 20 percent per annum through to 2030 because of this even though we're thrifting cobalt we are still producing more evs so total cobalt demand is going up in our view Okay, so even though the rise in these alternative battery technologies and the fact that they pose a threat to cobalt supply, you're saying, Lakshya, that demand for 
Cobalt is still going to be going strong. In our view, yes. You can't switch to to non-Cobalt chemistries overnight. Um, you know, when you when you produce an EV, you're you're committing to the production cycle. So at least for that production cycle, they will contain Cobalt-containing cells. We are seeing you know trends of supply chain localization and and the LFP supply chain outside of China is virtually non-existent at this stage. The expertise is pre- predominantly in China as well. So these things will take time now. There are trends that it's expanding outside of China, but we believe that it's it's being um, it's it's almost a bit too optimistic at the rate at which it will proliferate outside of China, and, and so we're cautious on on that. So yes, lithium iron phosphate does present a downside risk to our forecast. We we do see demand growing, and therefore the supply also needs to keep pace with that. Moving on to supply, then Ralph, would you be able to? Give us an update on the latest developments in cobalt supply. Certainly. So the DRC is the largest producer of cobalt globally. It produces over two-thirds of global cobalt supply, and there are a number of projects happening there which will increase supply over the next few years. The two largest have already entered production this year and have ramped up quite swiftly. And so that's going to keep the DRC in the number one spot in terms of cobalt production. The really interesting area, though, is Indonesia, which is now the second largest producer of cobalt, and it's come from nowhere over the last couple of years. And this is because of substantial investment in nickel production in Indonesia, and some of the nickel processing plants also produce cobalt as a byproduct. And the scale has been such that Indonesia is now the second largest producer of cobalt. The investment is ongoing and there are quite a number of processing plants that are scheduled to be built and come online over the next five years or so, which can potentially increase cobalt supply from Indonesia quite significantly. So on that note then, Adele, perhaps you can Uh, Give us an overview of what the ESG challenges are regarding cobalt. Thank you, Joel. It's a great question in light of the growth, the huge growth in demand for critical minerals as we strive to meet climate change goals and improve standards of sustainable mining practices around the world. There have always been ESG challenges surrounding the mining of cobalt. However, with the increase of ESG requirements being regulated, we are seeing greater scrutiny in how mining companies are operating. We're basically taking a deeper look at how mines are impacting the environment, local communities, and managing human rights risks. In Indonesia, for example, now the world's second largest producer of cobalt, as Rolf mentioned, the mining sector is heavily reliant on coal, which contributes to downstream buyers' scope 3 emissions. Although Indonesia is now receiving funding from the Just Energy Transition Partnership, which is a form of climate finance, it is still early days and it will be interesting to see how Indonesia decides to implement its decarbonisation strategy. If we are now to move to the more social aspects of cobalt mining, we are looking at the DRC, for example, and the risk associated with extensive artisanal mining sector, the, the, the artisanal mining sector, which is incredibly difficult to assess just how many people are involved. We do recognise the complexity here, that we're not just de- dealing with a mining problem, we're dealing with 
extreme poverty and also socioeconomic development problems and land rights. So as there is as we see an uptake in greater ESG, ESG due diligence regulation, we recognize that mining companies will have to implement um, greater management of their risks throughout their mining supply chains. Thank you for that, Adele. This podcast episode was in light of the recent release of the 2040 Cobalt Market Outlook. The far-reaching report provides price direction and market trends to 2040, covering a determination of Indonesia's contribution to supply, an analysis of battery chemistry trends and alternative cobalt end uses, an investigation into the ESG challenges facing the supply chain, and a price risk assessment out to 2040. In the description below, I will include a link to the profiles of our guest speakers today, as well as a link to the battery metal services that SFA Oxford offers. Thank you very much. Thank you.